You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having, but you don't need to be a man to join us. The Real Men Feel Show is produced weekly for your growth and enjoyment. Listen to us on podcast platforms including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more. You can also watch the show on YouTube by visiting realmenfeel.org slash YouTube. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or subscribe on iTunes by visiting realmenfeel.org slash iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at realmenfeel.org and at facebook.com slash realmenfeelshow. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Your reviews, comments, feedback, and participation are welcome during the live show and anytime in our Facebook group, on Twitter, or at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. And one thing that men can feel and don't often talk about is strange and bizarre and you know exploring the unknown and i think all of us at least as as kids you have this fascination with things you can't understand or explain um and my guest today is someone that uh kind of never grew up he's made a career out of uh out of exploring the unknown and the fascinating and uh so let's just rump it jump right in um, my guest today is author podcaster and student of the esoteric and metaphysical ronnie leblanc hey eddie how are you brother very very good good to see you thanks for having me and uh, we, we grew up in the same town. We're, we're both yep. from Lemonster, Massachusetts. And there's enough of an age difference that I don't think we ever crossed paths in high school we or didn't. anything. We did No, yeah. right. Or, yeah. or if we did, we, we, had, we made such little impact on each other, we don't recall it. That's correct. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but um, so I know you, yeah, there was a place. So I know you wrote a book called Monsterland. You have a podcast called Monsterland. Yep. I remember Monsterland only as a place you went to drink at. Exactly, yep. yeah. Yeah, all right. And Monsterland doesn't even exist anymore, right? That's a Walmart now. Right, exactly. That whole area has kind of been transformed. It's been, you know, populated now. It used to be a place that I remember my friends going to ride their bikes or dirt bikes in the sand dunes by the power lines. And as I got older, people were going there to have bonfires and partying. Yeah. So that, that was my only kind of connection to it. I never thought of what it meant. You oh, know? okay. So, but were you... Did the uh, paranormal and unexplainable, was that always attractive to you as, as a kid? No question. I used to uh, go to the library in Leominster, and I'd always come out with a, a stack of books on animals. And so I knew everything around North America. I could you know, tell you what lived over this region, whatever. And uh, I remember walking by a book that was about Bigfoot. And it was a, a, you know, Cryptozoology and Mysterious America by Lauren Coleman, books about undiscovered primates and animals. And I was like, okay, I'm in. What's, what's this about? And then that was kind of my, the doorway into the strange where that led into UFOs and all paranormal and this other stuff. And I kind of dabbled in it a little bit, but I also grew up in a Christian home where that was deemed to be automatically evil, mm. right? It, it wasn't something that you should be kind of messing with, uh, the dark side, the light side. But I was always curious about these mysteries, these unexplained events, and I always felt like there was something more to this this place than what we see. Yeah, cool. So, so uh, I bet we took up some of the same books because. Oh yeah, yeah I, gar the, I guarantee. The the first things I remember going up and going like, wow, what it was uh, the the show in search of. Mm. Nemo. Yeah, that was like my favorite. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So um, great. But yeah, but I had Bigfoot books and Loch Ness monster things and UFOs, and so it it wasn't necessarily a, a a personal experience that you had that that prompted this. It was just interest in this as, no, as a subject. But, but there was there was a uh, there was a moment a little bit later when I was around twelve, eleven, riding my bike alone on my way to Monsterland, and I used to live near Fallbrook School okay. on Union Street, and so you would kind of go behind there and you kind of connect through the other side. And I was always avoid this trail. And I had this experience where I decided to kind of go down the trail and something kind of stopped me dead in my tracks. I couldn't see anything, but you had that sense of something you were being watched and the forest erupted in front of me. Uh, like the predator is the best way I could describe it. 
there were footsteps that reverberated and shook me. And I was on my bike with my feet on the ground, kind of holding it in between my legs. And I couldn't move. And something just made the force erupt. And as soon as it, it kind of happened, a few seconds, and I was like looking, seeing trees sway. I'm like, something that big had to be a moose or a deer or something or bear. And uh, I, as soon as I could, it stopped and I took off. I feel like I kind of regained my composure. And I was pedaling away going, you know, what the hell was that? If that was a moose, I would have seen it. And I could have put aside in my, um, as I went forward in life, but I've always it kind of st stood with me, like didn't seem right. And that was a, my experience there on my way in, in those woods. So it, it, that sounds like something right out of Stranger Things. Oh yeah, it was crazy. And it, again, you kind of go, there's no way that was, your mind was kind of playing tricks with you or, 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 what, or whatever it was, you know? So there's always that doubt that we have. Even today, I have these different experiences, and I still doubt what I just witnessed or experienced. You know, I still have that. Did that just happen? So, so if if you doubt some of the things that that you experience, what's been the reaction of others as you shared them? You know, it's what's interesting is the other people that I've talked to have similar experiences, or they have um just strange encounters that they can't explain that they feel like they can talk to me about i think that's the one cool thing about coming out with the book and now the podcast and working on some other projects too to kind of um just kind of open people up to kind of feel like they don't have to be laughed at or ridiculed they can kind of come forward and share their stories and we talked about this you know it's like 10 years ago it was really taboo. Now people are willing to talk about it. They're willing to hear about it. Everyone knows ancient aliens now, you know, yeah. different shows and stuff like that. Cool. And uh, so has, let's see, when, when you first came out with the book, like how many years ago was that? So that 2016, so three years ago. Yeah. And um, I had spoken at New England UFO conference, oh. Susan Spooler the year before, and I had planned to have that book done and it wasn't completed. And I wasn't ready to kind of publish it yet. Um, and so that kind of got me into starting to speak at conferences in New England, um, libraries, uh, different bookstores and things like that. And kind of realized, oh, there's more to once you're done or getting into writing a book, there's a whole marketing aspect of it, a whole thing of kind of getting the word out and helping you kind of promote yourself. And as you've been traveling and speaking, have, have people come up to you and told you something that even like you're like, I, I, I can't, I can't grasp that. Like I, you know. Yes. I had one gentleman actually come to me. He was about 85 and this was at the New England UFO conference. I was at the table, had my books and he came in with his son who was, I would say around my age. And he started talking to me and, and talking about how, uh, Anunnaki are a present on this planet. Currently now, he met someone that is an alien that's 200 years old. There's a vortex above uh, Fitchburg, uh, where the, the rock where they paint the Lemster Fitchburg. And I was like, okay, and all these different things. The son, and his son was like this going, yep, yep. <laughs> so I was kind of, I don't know. But then inside, I was like, oh, this could be something great, you know, really great here. Does this guy know something that, you know, we really don't? And uh, so that really still to this day I, I wonder you know <laughs> yeah because so many of these things um like you can research and read books and talk to people but it again it, it's hard to scientifically verify some yes. of these things yeah absolutely and, and it, i think you we what's been kind of taught to you just kind of dump eyewitness testimony it's not reliable mm. but that's kind of all you really have and if someone tells you hey i saw something that wasn't a bear and you got to believe him. I, I've talked to outdoorsmen. They're like, Ronnie, this thing was on two legs and it ran across. It looked at me. It was not human. It was not a bear, you know, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> I want to have that experience, you know, face to face. But at the same time, like, man, well, he ran in the house. He's, right. So, you know. so it wasn't since you were 12 that you haven't come face to face with something that uh, in the woods that you didn't know what the heck it was. Yeah. Like I, I'm still waiting for that real kind of encounter where the thing just walks across you know in front and i feel like i was very close to something and i don't know what that was but mm. as i started researching it there were similar stories of this kind of like interdimensional sasquatch and and, and i was kind of like come on i'm you know 
But now there's, there's a lot of different paranormal connections to it, and it's very interesting. The Native Americans talk about it as well, that they used to live in two different worlds. They mm-hmm. can come in and out. And we're learning more about portals and dimensions and that stuff. So I find that all that fascinating. I, yeah. I don't think I'll ever be sick of that. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, so before I got really into different um, spiritual work and energy work and things, I was on a vacation in Guatemala, and I went to Tikal, the, the oh, ancient wow. city and i had a, a local guide showing me he's like oh stop and feel this i'm like what and i'm he's like do you feel that and like i felt like this warmth i felt like what felt like an animal that wasn't visible there and he's like the jaguar was here recently i'm like oh my god like he taught me like to feel and sense energy and, holy cow and, and he was saying that um like the mayans weren't destroyed by anyone else that they 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 saw invaders. yes they went to another dimension the whole society just like mm. And uh, this had been this, his folklore for, forever. Um, and I've heard people say that same sort of thing around animals. And, you know, fairies and unicorns were once, and dragons were all, like, here with man at some point. But no, then right. they realized, yeah, we hunted them, we tried to destroy them, so they just, whoop, they raised their vibration to a whole other plane of existence. And, yeah. And, see that, and that makes sense to me. It's fascinating, too, is that, um, again, at a conference, asked them, you know, the audience, like, how many people believe Bigfoot's an animal? And how many people believe that it's an interdimensional being? Because that's why you can't find bones. That's why you can't find a body. That's why there's weird, strange, high strangers with, with that. And people are like, yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, really? It, <laughs> I, I'm still trying to grasp there's a creature out there. But then you're willing to go that these things are interdimensional. And I'm, oh, the, again, more and more I, I dig into it, it kind of, it makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, fascinating to hear that. Yeah, because it's amazing. And that's why I love the there are elements of folklore that are in every society scattered, yeah. you know, way before the telegraph or the internet, or, you know, there's no way to communicate. And right. every culture had a dragon. Every culture had, you know, trolls. Every, every culture created these same things separately. So, uh, you know, some root <laughs> was there, there's, truth in, there's truth in there somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I always believe that. And it's always been kind of like a knowing yeah. where you're kind of like, ah, I know there's something there. I know there's something true to that. Cool. So uh, growing up or as an adult, um, were you ever kind of picked on, mocked, and ridiculed for, for the, some of these interests that you have? Oh, absolutely. Even when, even when, the, when the book came out, um, I think even beforehand, I was talking about doing it and writing a book. And my friends would like, be laughing at me and be like, okay, you're going to find Bigfoot? Hey, you find Bigfoot yet? And, da, 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 da. And so it was a real uh, challenge for me too, because for a couple of years I decided I was kind of on the fence whether I was going to publish it or not, or even decide to sit down and really write it. And it was because of that fear element, that ridicule factor. But I said, you know what, effort. I got to be. If I'm going to do this, I got to just go you know, balls on the wall and just do it. So it was a it was a tough thing to do. But once I did do it, and then see how people started gravitating towards it. And uh, it's kind of just kept on taking off. And I, now I have, you know, Maddie Blake from AF and the History Channel doing the podcast with me, which is great. And um, just a lot of cool things happening. So it's been fun. Yeah. And so how recent was the podcast created? So I, I started the podcast myself uh, a couple years back. I did about five episodes. I actually filmed at Lemonster Access TV. <laughs> did it in the studio and, and just China. And I got some great guests. I got um, Larry Warren. I had gotten um, Nick Redfern and some others from, you know, speaking at conferences, but I, I did it. And then I was watching, you know, I just really felt like I was missing something. So it kind of went on the back burner for a while. And I started doing uh, WAF with Maddie and Nick doing Monthly on Monday. And Maddie ended up talking to me and, and he's like, what's going on with your podcast? And I was like, ah, you know, I'm just kind of, I don't know. He goes, we should get that going again. Let me, let's do it together. I'm like, Oh my God, it'd be great. And so that kind of got reborn uh, with him and it just took off to another level where he's kind of brought that real professional radio element to it. He's a real um, showman, but he has a passion for the paranormal and we complement each other really well mm-hmm. and we have a lot of fun and it's mm-hmm. been uh, it's been a fun ride. All right, good. So it was the subject matter that lured him in. He yeah. had, he had oh, his own totally. experience and interest. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, it was great. It's cool. Oh, and I, and I know from talking to you that you, you have some other projects that just keep unfolding. Is there anything you can tease about or anything now? Yeah. Um, so I, I did some um, through the podcast, through uh, Maddie does a lot of stuff with Curse of Oak Island and History Channel. 
and Prometheus is the pr producer of that. They also do Ancient Aliens. And so they got asked by a travel channel to come out with a show similar to Ancient Aliens. Like they want to have their Ancient Aliens and it's called In Search of Monsters. So it's the same kind of show on sticks setup where you have the authors and experts, you know, chiming in and they're cutting to these different things. So I did a, a, about five or six episodes. So that uh, show comes out uh, this April, it, it launches. And so it'll be exciting to see uh, that kind of come out. And then Maddie and I also signed a deal with uh, Megillah Entertainment out of New York to develop Monsterland as a TV series, a reality TV series. Wow. So getting, you know, it's been fun and just trying to like keep on pushing it forward and see if we can uh, make that happen. There's still a big mountain to climb, but the, the ride has been awesome. And it's been, I've been grateful for every, every moment. It's been a yeah. And at least people are like, here's the mountain. It's like, yeah, like, right. like, like this, this doesn't sound like the guy that had a book and then like, Oh, I have to market this. Like it sounds right. like you've learned a lot in the time. It, it was, it, yeah, it's been like a, a school kind of like, and I come from a marketing and, and advertising background. Uh, so I try to leverage that a little bit, but there was a, a, a crazy learning process along the way of what works best and seeing what other authors do and what, even looking at what bands do and kind of using those elements mm. to promote um, and the whole thing with uh, ended up doing stuff with watch a brewing company, creating a, a hard cider. Uh, that's just a seasonal thing. And then something fun that we do now every Halloween. And that came, that was like a, a dream that I had before in the sense of like, I wanted to create a Monsterland beer. I, I envisioned it being a stout. So it kind of matched the book cover, which is the black, you know, like yep. this. Yep. And, uh, they ended up turning into a hard cider, but using apples from Lemonster and, and <laughs> cool stuff where it's like, oh my God, that came to fruition. It took four years and it was like an idea that just kind of popped. But I think when you have something like that, that you kind of believe in, you really want to see happen, it kind of finds a way. The universe finds a way to, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's it's so interesting that the, the Lemonster connection. So for anyone oh that, that doesn't realize it, Johnny Appleseed was born in Lemonster, Massachusetts. Yes. And uh, so apples are a big deal. And and Johnny Appleseed was an actual human being. He's not a Paul Bunyan. He's yeah, not John a, Chapman. Man. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it's funny that, that all that is coming to fruition because me growing up in Lemonster, and, and I, I, I kind of – put my mindset on the town but because i grew i was very depressed i was suicidal and i thought right. this is because of lemister this is this city right but it's yeah. really neat to hear no you grew up in the same place and you're like you know full but, of life and all these adventures and still there and all this goodness coming out of it but i did leave I, I did leave after high school i went to la and i was out in california for almost 10 years and i did feel like i wanted to get out of here i did feel like that kind of pull at times but I still have, there's a lot of great people here. My family's still here. My wife's family's here. Uh, my wife's from Lemonster. So yeah, there's, I try to focus on the, um, the bright side of things. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I know when I, when I've traveled and would tell people I'm from Lemonster and you know, we, we created, we were responsible for Johnny Appleseed and plastics. Plastic. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and they're like, Johnny Appleseed is real. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> some years ago with friends, I did a short film about John, Johnny oh, Appleseed. Gosh. Yeah, no kidding. Lemonster. Oh Yeah. Yeah. I can see uh, that, man. Yeah, we get it. I think there's a copy at the library. They loved it so awesome. much. Are you know? kidding? Yeah. Oh, my no, God, it's great. No, it was goofy. But, yeah, we would. I was in film festivals in L.A. and, and, and up and down. For whatever reason, it was a huge hit on that. the West Coast. Um, yeah, so uh, but it, it was a trip. But, well, it was the first uh, Disney. It was a Disney film back, I think, in 1927 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right, Johnny Appleseed. Yeah, yeah. But so you mentioned that you had a dream about this. And, and when we were first talking – I wanted to give you a chance to talk about subjects that you, you don't really get to go in yeah. deep on, on your own cool. show. And you talked that, that dreams was one of them. Yeah, so. this, I, I have one very interesting that keeps on popping in my mind. Um, and I, at the time, you know, I've always looked at dreams as being a couple of things. I could always wake up in the morning. I used to have, I still do, very vivid dreams. And some of them would scare me that I didn't want to have them at times but I would have them so vividly that I'm like, all right, did I really visit a place? Am I in some kind of other, other world? It had that real, real feeling to it. Um, but one was a dream where I was walking down a trail and there was a cliff to my right. And all of a sudden this white wolf 
came up from the cliff and came towards me and had blue eyes and it was kind of snarling and stopped me in the track. And I just looked down and I grabbed a stick and I threw the stick towards the cliff and the wolf kind of playfully went after it. And it was almost like, I was trying to figure out, is this my dog or something like that? Or is this some stray weird wolf? So I woke up in the morning and I wrote it down and I try to keep track of, of dreams and I don't do a very good job of it at times, uh, but I try to do. And that one just stayed with me. Well, a few weeks later, I had a job interview in Boston and I was going in there. And again, I was wondering what was the significance of this dream? I was trying to figure it out. And if it was like something, hey, maybe I watched a movie or read something and put the white wolf in there and blah, blah, blah. Is, is, it, is the white wolf me with blue eyes? You know, all this stuff. So I go to the interview, I meet with the hiring manager and he goes, hey, the CEO wants, would like to meet you. It's kind of like the second, we want to take you to the next level. I'm like, great. So I'm sitting there, I'm waiting and I'm looking down and all of a sudden the CEO comes walking over and he sits right in front of me. And I look up and the CEO, Andy, has white hair, wearing a white shirt and blue eyes. And he's like, how you doing? And he had this presence of a wolf. And now in my dream, I had it as a negative kind of thing, like avoid, throw them off your tracks and throw them down the, the trail, like get them off your trail. And so as I was doing the interview, I just was not getting good vibes about the place. I felt he was lying to me about the job, the role, how the money was, all these different things. And so my gut was telling me, get out, you know? And so I kind of finished, I was picking up on it pretty quickly that I was like, all right, yeah, no. And after I uh, get out of the interview, it was a couple days later, just did a little more research on how they would pay. And they're like, oh yeah, we pay you once a month and all this crazy stuff. Uh, we could keep your commission check and not, you know, all this, all this, I was like, yeah, no, I'm out. Yeah. So then I was like, oh wow, you know, that dream was almost like telling me ahead of time. And I just was fascinated by that. I was like, okay, who, did, who delivered that? Where'd that come from? And that's, I've always had this affinity for like really trying to understand, understand dreams. Mm. And so I always want to talk to you about this kind of stuff too, because I know yeah. you're modern mystery school and these things that I'm still learning as well, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, so it, 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 again, it's interesting to, to bring this up. It's making yeah. me think about things I hadn't thought about in a long time, but growing up, the dreams that I still remember as a kid where mm -hmm. I had series of recurring dreams, recurring nightmares. Okay. Of like end of the world and giant robots like ripping me apart and all yes. this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and I can't remember, um, let's see, my childhood took, took horrible turns at, at an age when I started getting molested by a neighbor. And I'm like, I uh, could never like figure out like, wow, were my dreams before, after that? Like, I, you know, I didn't keep a dream. Right. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I knew that all oh, these like traumatic, scary dreams, sequences of them were happening and around the age that something was happening in my life. Mm. Um, and then later in like, uh, you know, age 12 and 13, I kept having this recurring dream that me and a friend being forced along this like cliff on a mountain with just like a path you know, just uh, enough to keep our feet on and we keep it enforced and it'd be, it'd be Dracula forcing me along or a monster or just some like mean, and I just kept being forced down this path that was disappearing and disappearing. And wow. I, would, I would wake up screaming or wake up, I can't bleed, I can't breathe. And whenever I'd wake up, I'd be face down on the pillow. Like, uh, and like, oh, that, I woke up because I really couldn't breathe. And wow. but all, it was like this Fred Krueger shit of like almost dying and being tortured in all these dreams over and over. But again, that was around the time that it, my my first suicide attempts were at that age, and I just like, wow. what, what what came first? I don't know. Was all this like, you know, my my psyche, my dream life is like telling me that you know I'm unhappy and I'm mm. I'm, I'm hiding things, whatever it is, and I'm or I feel I'm being forced down this path to just be the whatever the good twelve year old, whatever right. that might have yeah. been. Yeah. Oh my but, god. But again, with the mystery school, with other things I've discovered, we talked about being multi dimensional earlier. Right. And yeah, I mean, that's dreams. Like the, our consciousness goes to sleep and we're free to ride to the planes of other dimensions. And, you know, it's a great, you know, it's almost like, like a joke that it's a, a thing like, like Cheech and Sean get high and talk about this. Like, is, are we dreaming now? And that's <laughs> right. right? They, you know, is sleep or awake? Is that what we're here for? Which, which part right. of the day is the part that matters most? But Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting. You said that too. Like I met my son, maybe... I don't know, like a year ago had kind of said, you ever wonder if we're 
you know, our being awake is actually the dream and when we're sleeping is actually when we're supposed to be. And I was like, oh man, you're on to something, man. You know, like I just, it's, there is more to this life and I don't believe that, you know, death is just a doorway to another place. You know, I feel like our soul is everlasting. It's, we, we go on. Um, my, my sister passed of cancer back six years, going on seven years now. And, um, you know, we feel her in the house and there's different moments where, whether it's through animals or different things, she makes her presence known. Yeah. And during significant moments and her, her color is orange. So even like the sky would be orange if we're at the Cape with my family and we spread her ashes out the Atlantic. So she's kind of part of that, the nature now and stuff. And so it's um, pretty powerful. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I do love that kind of as, as people have become more open-minded or as, as just consciousness of humanity is, is risen, more people are, are willing to, to talk about things, mention things. It's not, you know, not like crazy uncle. Uh, don't ask him about the thing right. he saw, you know, yes. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Cool. Cool. Um, it, and so one of the things I also do is read the Akashic Records. Yes. And, and that's kind of your soul's recording. It's a vibrational plane. Um, every religion, every culture has referred to it. But one thing I was told about dreams is that every night when you go to sleep, you know, um, the angels, beings of light from the Akashic Records come, take you to the Akashic Records. So you empty your memory into the records that way, and then you're returned ah, to the dream. So really? That, yeah. So... Um, reliving experiences and because even scientists have heard like dreams talk about it it's it's the way the mind processes and and can burn yes. off scary images and just all these things I'm like oh you know right. that sounds an awful that's very close to releasing it into the records for you know and yes you know, downloading it or whatever yeah, yeah. totally yeah. wow that's great yeah it, it, the, the more and this is always as a kid too the you, you find something that's interesting it can't be explained or just makes you want to learn more and yes yeah, and keep going. And there's that pull. There's that always been that magnetic pull. And there's been times where I go, all right, am I am I crazy? Like, what am I doing? You know, yeah. like. Uh, but there's been like this drive and this pull to kind of. I feel like it's part of my purpose. I know it's not all of it, but I know it's been a big a big part, and it's still going to be a bigger part going forward. So, it's cool. Yeah, awesome. And and I love how you say that too. That uh, you know, a lot of people come to me for if you're healing work and spiritual work and they want to, what's my purpose? And, and the, the answer all the time, like we're, we're way beyond as beings, you're way beyond one purpose. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. not, you know, there's not like one career. There's not like, Oh, you were born to be a veterinarian and that's all you can be. And that's how you'll be happy. Like, no, we're, okay. we're all beyond that now. Absolutely. No. I firmly believe that. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it could be a, you know, your dream of having a hard cider comes true, but doesn't mean that was the one that was not your only mark in this world. Exactly. <laughs> Cool. So, so to get back to kind of aspirational dreams you have uh, in, in fully awake and in, in dream yeah. at, at night. So do you ever find yourself wishing that you had some of the experiences you're reading about, or do you kind of like being the researcher and, and pulling together other stories? I, I've been a, I've been a blend of both where I've had, you know, UFO sightings, orb sightings, different things. Um, so I've definitely been a blend of, of both where I've been kind of almost like John Keel kind of experiencing them as I'm researching them. And I noticed things started, uh, picking up even more. My wife has had experiences too, going from childhood and, and then us together, my kids with, with us together. So it's been, uh, it's been wild. And I'm still, again, that I feel like the learning will never stop. Like I'll constantly, I love to read and I love to hear, you know, all these different stories you just you start seeing patterns after a while and you start seeing and just reaffirms too i think other people are relieved to hear that you're not the only one that saw uh, a shadow person or had this experience you're not crazy these yeah. these things can kind of come in and out and you're experiencing these things for real yeah and and especially when it comes to like the actual definition of ufo just unidentified flying object Correct. like I see yeah. stuff flying around all the time. I don't know what it yeah. is. So like, yeah. it's pretty easy to right. opt to that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, you see this, uh, you know, light or something. It doesn't mean it's a spaceship or anything like that. Right. But yeah, it's something that could be something that's, we're still learning about, you know, ball energy and all, everything else. Hmm. But Cool. Um, is there, uh, have you come across anything kind of, 
that you that you weren't aware of that just kind of blows your mind? You're like, oh, I'd love to experience that or learn more about that aspect or? Oh, uh, shamanism. Okay. Um, and we talked a little bit about this before. Um, again, I feel like this draw, I've always felt this pull towards uh, Native American culture, um, being one with nature. And I feel like this whole Monsterland path has actually brought me to be more spiritual. I've always been a spiritual person growing up. I've always had a, a you know, good connection, I felt, with God. But I never felt like it was this guy in a beard. You know, I felt like it was something a little bit bigger and greater that's kind of uh, chi, that kind of, you know. So I've always been Eastern tradition, but shamanism, as of late, I'm really fascinated with that. And it's interesting to see there's a rise and a, a, a kind of resurgence of that, too, now in, in modern times. Cool. Yeah. When I, I had a vacation in Peru, and again, it was a couple of years before I got into all of this type of work. Um, but, you know, a shaman was there. And we talked about this and he gave me a bottle of ayahuasca. Oh, wow. And someone had told us at the airport, some guy was like, you're going to the jungle? You could have ayahuasca. We're like, what's that? Oh, this is amazing. Like jungle acid and you'll drip. I'm like, really? Have you done it? He's like, no, I've never do that. But he was, <laughs> this, like local Peruvian was telling us. So I asked the guy, can I try this? He's like, no, 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 no. And the guy's like, no, please, I'll get in trouble. And like, so, but that was, you know, year, not year, maybe a year later, um, I got into holotropic breath work, which is another just way to get that's, to that's, yes. And I met someone that, someone in the U.S. that, grew the ingredients to make ayahuasca wow went to her house and had the full ayahuasca experience here and uh <sighs> what what was that like um, i'm always i have a friend too mike devon who's from lemonster oh. who's, who's in white snake yep and he's had some different ayahuasca experiences uh, i know he's going on another one with a shaman soon i'm always yeah. fascinated there's a there's a fear part of that to me you know i've done shrooms and stuff like that growing up yeah. but yeah, ayahuasca was, I, I experienced being multidimensional. Wow. I was aware of being alive in some form on at least a dozen different planes. Unreal. Yeah, and that's the, and yeah, so some people get that, but it's hard to explain, but that's like what I walked away from it the most with. But I had such a, like a lot of people have ayahuasca and they, reject, they throw up, they, they get sick. Right, yeah, I've heard, and, yes. And, and, I, and I was cool, I'm like, I get it down. And some people, I started seeing like shadows and all right, oh, this is just kind of like trippy. And, and the, the person leading the ceremony said, would anyone like more? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get more. <laughs> and, and, and later she told me she gave me another full dose. She just like, you seem open, you're ready. So, wow. So other people have, are done. It's like three in the morning. They're snacking and talking around me. And I'm just still gone. I am Holy like crap. flying through the stratosphere. I can't communicate. I can hear everything they're saying, but I, nothing works to communicate. So I'm just like laughing and, go, blah, 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 and just making noise. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I went through like my Hall of Fame of every pet I've ever owned. And it felt like they were walking on me and with me. Oh, my um, God. As, as it began to take effect, I, it, it was just like the roots – from planet earth were coming up and i felt roots going through my whole body like i was becoming part of this plant wow um, but yeah it tasted like death <laughs> you know yes. i didn't get sick but it's just like, yeah Whoa. yeah Ugh. um but again people are like is andy okay and i just like <laughs> and they're like oh i guess he's okay and i'm like yes that, that's the best way to communicate with you is my cackle that yeah everything's great it's fantastic you know but uh so i kept going until like 7 a.m i i like you know ayahuasca trip whatever had this experience for like eight to 10 hours. Holy crap. And, uh, and again, the person leading the ceremony said, I've never had, in my experience of doing this for 17 years, no one's ever had a better first experience. I'm like, well, great. I don't need to do this again, right? I, <laughs> I, I have my peak experience. I don't need to keep. Right. Going. One and done, baby. Yeah. Because I've met other people that go down to Peru and, and do the tours and have it all the time. And they're like, no, I've, I've gotten sick. I've gotten bored. I've had nightmares. Never had some like great mystical. Spiritual experience. experience. Yeah. Yeah. So have, will, will you do it again? Do you feel like you've had enough of it to kind of... No, I really feel like, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't do it again. I, there was a time I thought I might for the heck of it, yeah. but, but also things I've done with the mystery school tell me that to do that again would kind of like take my vibration back down from yeah. things I've done since then. Yeah. So, but, but uh, yeah, like, you know, like maybe, maybe everyone grew up in Lemister, you know, did shrooms and stuff. And, right. you know, you do that and we would run around camping and go bananas, but now... Like the real growth from from shamanism from from ancient rituals is to take a substance to have an experience and then just go within. Right. Like that's what right. amazed me. Like I 
again, soaring through different planes, and it was like Avatar in 5D and just things oh like that. Words, but I'm like, nope, that that happened, you know. So, but while I was just laying on someone's living room floor for eight hours, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, um, but yeah, I've done. Yeah, that's that's the probably the craziest thing I've I've tried. Um, but again, they're tools that bring us spiritual growth and personal growth and insights. Right. Show it, us that we're you know, connected and we're connected. Yeah, yeah. And, but talk about the it, it's not levels. just it's not a drug. You know, it's not just some yeah. party thing. Yeah. Talked about tell, tell me about the levels you said you experienced with that. Like uh, you said, like a dozen, like the yeah. higher self kind of thing. That yeah, they were so subtle. It was just. Like I was aware of me being on the floor. I was aware of me flying through, you know, pets. I was aware of just all of these different planes of reality happening at the same time. It wow. was like that, it was like having a moment of like full consciousness of being physical, animal, spiritual, of 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 witnessing it all from even this higher level of like, oh, there's all the people on Earth trying to get shit done, and, and then here, yeah, it was yeah, I. I, I'm, you're making me really interested. I'm going to go like look at my own diary. What more did I write back when this Man, happened? So awesome. Yeah, and, and that's, I think, the you know, learning about what you're doing too. And, and I think people are understanding about energy and energy work and the angelic realm and all these different things. I've had some interesting experiences around that too. And I'm just, again, fascinated by it that I want to keep on learning. And you can't always get everything from a book. No, but, no. you know, it's, I think it's one of us, kind of a stepping stone within you kind of meet different people and you learn things that way and your own personal experiences. So it's yeah. definitely a journey. Yeah. I, I used to be, I used to be pissed that, well, oh, I did all this work and oh, there's more. What the hell? But now I'm like, Oh good. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> there's no end. I didn't reach the end of it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. when I'm not done, I didn't just like fix everything. I'm not healed. I'm not, you know, <laughs> but yeah. And then, and some people will come to me and ask those questions and well, good. Like if, if you were done, you wouldn't still be here. Right. Right. Yes. You know, if yeah. you if you found your purpose and you did it, you know, well, then your your last breath is around the corner. It's true. Yeah. Right. But but again, like you said, yeah, I, I uh, and, and when I was suicidal, when I was a kid and wanted and thought I wanted to die, mm. I did not believe in any sort of afterlife. I just want I didn't like how I felt. So I just wanted everything to stop. Wow. Um, and as I've gotten into the more spiritual realm and, and talked with, you know, I'll, I'll say more enlightened teachers that uh, like I was never going to escape anything. Like, like what, whatever's bugging you at the soul level, energetic level, even after you're dead, like, no, that's still going to be shit you're dealing with just on a different plane. Right. Yeah. Now I'm curious when you had those, how old were you when that happened? When you were having those feelings? Oh, as, as early as eight until like 27. Now, was that during that time period? I think it was 85 or something in Lemonster where there was a big stretch of suicides. Yeah. 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 And that, and that kind of re like, I had made an attempt and then I think we were on like ABC news as being, you know, this hotbed of suicidal action in Massachusetts town. Yeah. And it almost made, it, it made me cling to this identity too much. Like this sick, Oh good. Yes. Now I'm like, now I'm known for being suicidal right. guy. And yeah, so it, it's just really a story. But yeah. It was that period. Well, I heard some interesting things around that because like Lauren Coleman, the author, um, he came and he was investigating around that time. But I guess the, uh, uh, Lemster police had felt like some stranger, they got reports of a stranger coming to town and teaching the kids about Satanism and make, you know, sacrifices. And as soon as kids just started kind of like killing themselves, he took off. Hmm. And that's a rumor. And again, we talked about myths and stories and yeah. there's some truth to things. And I've always wondered about that and curious yeah. that you live, you were going through it during that time. It's, yeah, I know. And, I, and I, I, knew, I knew kids who died at that time. And, you know, I don't recall being in a satanic class at all. But, right. but hey, I can't speak for everyone. But, right. And that's when, you know, so I was not raised with any order, organized religion, which okay. I thought made yep. me an atheist. So hmm. like, uh, I remember being like Cub Scouts and stuff and you had to like read a Bible passage to get a badge. And I was like, why should I have to do this? And I'm an atheist. <laughs> and like, no, I just, no, I didn't know. I didn't know anything, I, but I thought that's what it meant. <laughs> but, um, but since then, you know, like evil's a real thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it can, like, we, we talked about more that, and, yeah. and life wants more. The universe is constantly, is not constantly, the universe is consistently expanding at a faster and faster rate. Yes. 
Yep. So everything is about more. Everything's about growth. And the definition from the mystery school that I really like for evil is, is what want, evil wants to stop progression. Mm. Well, evil wants us to go back, right? right. Reverse. It doesn't yeah. want you to be in like, Doesn't want you to be aware of that. You know, you're an immortal being. You're doesn't not to be aware of that. There's more planes of reality than the one where you go to work every day. You know. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah. So that's you know, it, it's real, um, and it can be caught up. And in, in like, you know, I could have, I could have when when I did not like myself at all, and and thought it was like life's fault. Um, and thought it was like Lemonster's fault that there was right. something wrong here. I'm not fitting in. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I could have easily fallen into a cult. I could have easily fallen into heavy drug use. There were times yeah. um, when I like wanted that. I you thought, were like putty at that at yeah. that moment where someone could have just said, oh, "You're going this way." Right. Right. But again, in hindsight, and no, no, the universe, life supports us all. What so pulled it, you? What pulled you out of that? What? It, it was. It was finally just doing the same thing. It took me multiple failed attempts to end my life to realize maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Like, like something beyond me is making me stay alive. Yes. So how can I dive into that? How, how can I dig into that path more then? Mm. And, and that's really like, it's not the path I recommend. I've met other people that like made one attempt and saw the light like, bang, no. I, and yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. I, and I woke up in Lemonster Hospital emergency room opened my eyes and I was pissed. And so I, you know, I was angrier and I was put into mental hospitals. I was putting all sorts of drugs. I had horrible side effects. So the, the treatment that people tried to give me and, and help me, it made me go darker and deeper. Mm. Um, so that's why it took, it yeah. took again, multiple tries to end my life before accepting that, you know, well, maybe I'm supposed to do something else. Right. <laughs> yeah. You have a greater purpose here than, yeah. 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 A reason. yeah. 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 And, and that led to me, you know, going public, sharing my story, writing some of my books, and, and again, talk, talking about fear of, of being ridiculed right. and stuff. And uh, uh, I know, but, but every, every time I push through a fear, every time I'm willing to be more vulnerable than I have in the past, I get rewarded. I hear from people saying, oh, me too, I thought I was alone. And it's, mm. you know, it's, so it's similar to the things that you're investigating and, and dealing with. Right, too. it kind of... It- it's almost like when, yeah, you start kind of losing a little steam and then someone kind of tells you about that story or experience and it kind of keeps you going. Mm. It kind of says, yeah, I'm, I'm helping people yeah. in, in this process. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've even had, uh, I, 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 I must be networked with some good people. I've, I've had psychiatrists send clients to me because the person thinks they're going crazy. And I'm like, oh man, you're, you're awakening. Like you're having super vivid dreams. You're being aware of things. You know, like you're, there are people spending thousands of dollars chasing what's happening to you naturally. You're, you're not crazy. Breathe into it. You're okay. And, and it's been like amazing. That's amazing. But, uh, that is yeah, so I cool. But yeah, they, there were a couple of doctors in Cambridge that I, I never met, didn't know, searched for me somehow and decided, oh, this guy can like kind Help of bridge them. that gap. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. So it's a, uh, yeah. So Yeah. Mental illness, you know, suicidal, it can, it can lead to some good things if you get, get through the shit of it. You know, there, and, and it's true for everything. There, there, there is light on the yes. other side of whatever darkness we all face. Right. Yeah. Agreed. It's Agreed. Just, yeah. It's just uh, having the wherewithal, the courage, the support system to realize you're not the darkness. Right. Right. Again, like yeah. when, when suicide, when suicideology, when, when it was just big and it was like, you know, you could be, especially an unhappy kid, it gave me a sense of identity. Yeah. Right. So I had to like burn through that and realize, oh, wait, there's a better identity by choosing to live and embrace right. things. Yeah. And, and that was kind of like, you know, we grew up, I grew up in the grunge, you know, years and stuff like that, where, you know, you know, back and I'm a, I'm a loser and all that. It was that kind of like that attitude too, which was crazy how we kind of gravitated towards that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. No, cause I, I, it's easier for, you know, human beings, the ego, whatever buzzword you want to give to it, but it's somehow easier to put yourself down. It's easier to go yeah. into the negative. It's easy. It's yeah. It certainly is easier to give up than to right. push through something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you say that too. It's like, I remember before I moved to California too, I was really trying to, I knew it was all about um, people that are successful. It's really kind of having control over your mind and, and kind of 
you know, you have to work hard. You have to do these different things. I just remember kind of pumping my stuff with my mind with uh, Anthony Robbins and, and anything else that I could to kind of help me go after my dreams. Because originally I went to L.A. To, to be a screenwriter. And I loved movies and I wanted to do that. And then had friends from Lemonster that were living out there, like Mike Dev and these other guys, that uh, we started doing music. And I was singing in a band. And then I was doing that for a couple of years on Sunset and playing around California. So it kind of got sidetracked, but I was like, all right, I'm going with this. This isn't the plan, but yeah. let's go for this ride. Yeah. And that was a fun way to learn also about like guerrilla marketing and, and doing those different things. But I knew music was like a, a healing component mm. and I wanted to be a part of that in some way, shape or form. And then writing too, I think that helped me. I never envisioned writing a book. The last thing I wanted to do. And, uh, but it all kind of came to be and it's, it's still just awesome. Yeah. And, and it's funny, more, more connections that we have. Um, so for a while I was a screenwriter and I took a trip oh, to LA, I took a trip to Hollywood and met producers. I've had a couple things optioned. And then one day I got, you've got to tell your story. I was like, wow. Oh, and so I've done, I've done nonfiction since, since then, but See, it was like, that's crazy. I didn't know yeah. we had that connection too. Yeah. That's amazing. man. Yeah. I first, started, I first started shaving my head because I was going to move to LA and I was prepared to live in my car and be homeless to, to make it work. But before I did, um, there was a, a, a movie being shot in Lemonster. And I got a job as a PA on this production being made in Lemonster. Um, and I ended up with like assistant director credit because like I knew what I was doing and helped out and made up the oh mic. But yeah, so I got to have the experience and all the crew was from LA. And they're like, this is beautiful. Don't go to LA. It sucks. They, you know, this town is amazing. I was like, Lemonster's amazing? Like, wow. <laughs> so it was just a trip. And, and you know, I met my my... My wife, I met her while I was working in Lemonster on this movie that kept me from no going kidding. to LA. Yeah, so it's just, again, life supports us. I used, I used to think, you know, the universe is rigged against me and life just right. sucks and then you die. But when you can, again, see the challenges just as challenges, not as who you are. Yes. Like it just, it freaking works out. Right. And I feel wow. like you're, you're, I feel like you're really riding on the crest of the wave of it works out. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I am. I feel like I'm still, I'm still dreaming. I'm still like, I, you know, I'm 45. So I've, I'm realizing my time, the clock's ticking, but I'm, I'm trying to appreciate everything. I have four kids. I have a beautiful wife and, um, but I, I want to have fun and, and do more things. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a blast. Cool. So, so what sort of conscious dreams do you have for, for Monsterland, for yourself, or for what experiences you have next? You know, uh, um, I don't really see myself like, um, I'm not in the, I guess, quest to be famous or anything like that. Or, but if it, you know, we can make a TV show out of this thing and, and get more people aware that there is a connection between this phenomena, there's more to this, this life, there's other levels helping people come to, come to that awareness. I think that's the greater purpose too. And that gets me excited. And I feel like if it's, if that's the greater purpose, then it will come, it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So just, uh, and, and again, introduce you talk that you're, you're kind of a perpetual student. So you're, right. you're a student and teacher all yeah. the same time, depending yeah. on where, who you're talking to. More student than, than teacher, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can at least, or the, I mean, the best students become a student and then just, you know, pass it on to the next person who thinks you're their teacher. But you're right. like, oh, I just learned this five minutes ago, but I'll tell you about it. You know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, you, uh, you really have a great rapport um, and energy about yourself to, to really oh, be knocking it out of the park. I see why you're successful with podcast and radio and, and TV is seeing it too, so. Well, I, you know, I, I'm trying to be just in the moment. And again, it's, it's tough when there's stuff kind of going on and you tend to focus on worry. I, I, I worry a lot. So I try to just, you know, enjoy what's happening right now and learn from this. And it, you start seeing things when you're looking too. Hmm. Uh, you seek what you, you, you shall find, you know, so. Yeah. 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 I mean, some of the, some of the things that help me the most now are things I ridiculed and made fun of. And I, now I think like, no, that's the sign. Like the thing that you ridicule the mock the most is going to be the thing that, Oh, that's, that's going to help you so much when you're willing to open up to it. the irony. There is a script writer in the sky, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah, life is just full of, uh, you know, plot twists. <laughs> oh, it really is. It is amazing. I, I, one of those plot twists was, um, 
it's funny things when you when you speak out loud about things. I moved back from California and I moved in with some buddies in Mahogany Run, those different condos. We had different friends living in different ones and it was like party time. And uh, I was talking to my roommate and he said, you know, I, I lived in California for almost 10 years. I was looking for my dream girl, never found her. I was at that point where I was like, I don't think there's a, there's a girl out there for me that's that right, that right one. And I said, I'll tell you what, she's not in freaking Lemonster. And the last thing, she's not in a bar in Lemonster. Not two weeks later, I go to E.J. Maroney's, <laughs> E.J. Maroney's, yep. and there's my, my, my current wife, Amy, bartending behind the bar and I was like who's that and I I had known her from high school but didn't really know her and hit it off and three months later we're engaged three months later we're married and now we got four kids 15 years later still in Lemonster yeah. it was crazy that's funny that's funny um so in, in your time in California yeah did, did you find a different level of of openness of stories of, of the paranormal was that at all different from the east coast it was, and you know what, I was, um, that's when I moved to California, I started getting into uh, Buddhism and Zen and meditation, and that's where I really felt like um, reading the Celestine Prophecy and things like that, where I started having my awakening experiences in California and things that, you know, dreams that I had kind of growing up where I felt like I was being lifted off my bed and having these weird kind of scary experiences where I was afraid of the dark. I would constantly sleep with the blankets over my head and make a little hole. Like I could breathe, like that's going to protect me. Right. Like, um, so it was an interesting time for me spiritually where it was tough. It was almost like, um, growing up, uh, born again, Christian assemblies of God, where I always kind of had a little bit of, I don't know if I buy all this, and it was tough for me to kind of let go of that and to get into something where I was told as the devil, you know, you're opening up your mind to all these different things. Yeah. But then I realized, oh, this is what I've been looking for. Cause I feel like the right path is the one that everyone can walk on. And I felt that with, you could, you know, still be a Christian and have Buddhist kind of um, methodologies and look at ways like this being mindful. Um, so that was a real eye opener for me. And it kind of like carries, carries my daily life now. And I try to teach my kids that as well. Beautiful. Yeah. And I, um, again, I wasn't raised with any sort of organized religion, but I just came, I just a few days home from a week in Israel and in Jordan. And yeah. it was really neat to visit the Holy land without some sense of pilgrimage to myself and to yeah. really witness that good God, like, uh, you know, three major religions are all fighting over this like one little bit of town and still are. And don't they see the commonality that's there right. as opposed to the, why are we fighting over? Like just, they all, they all believe it's holy. They all know it's holy. Yep. Right. Yep. And yep. yeah, but it's whoever won the last war builds the temple on top of the temple that was under it and just keep <laughs> going up and up. And like, wow, I don't get that part. Like what? <laughs> um, yeah, we went, I went to a, a sermon of the Mount and there's Christ and the 10 beautitudes just written. I'm like, well, why wasn't this enough? Here are just, you know, the 10 commandments right. and these 10 messages. Why, why did you have to keep splintering and splintering? Like, you know, we, we, we are handed the beauty and the, the soulfulness and the meaningful and, you know, it gets just disrupted and the, the you know, ego power right? grabs and yeah, yeah, it's all distorted. But, but I, you know, again, not, not being spiritual, but not religious. Right. Yeah. And there were some places that I walked, I was like, whoa like i just like stop and like what this is like different air right here now and you could feel that energy right wow. yeah um when, when it was the church of annunciation supposedly the, the the spot where where mary was told by by uh archangel gabriel that she's yeah. gonna be have have a child have the virgin birth and that place it, it just felt like the best mom's hug Wow. And and you know I'm walking in there. I got Larry the lizard that I take it. take a picture. I got my camera. I'm like, hey, let's, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. This, there's no. There's something special here. I just gotta. I just gotta wow. sit with this. Um, and there are a couple of times like that. And I just like again, it just takes your breath away. And again, this sense of universality to it, which mm -hmm. which you don't get if you just grew up in you know one version of Sunday school in one church or that church. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I uh. Again, I, I felt so like safe there at times, and it almost because um, some of the places are just really long lines, and it's mob scenes. It's almost like religious Disney World, 
that if this like boy if they, if standing on that spot was like something I looked to, forward to for years, I might be disappointed as like chaos you know, right. to get there. But <laughs> as just I could just go kind of and witness it all. Um, again, it was just, it was surprisingly yeah. moving and powerful, even from my from that respect. I got to put it on my bucket list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so uh, you know, uh, what is on your bucket list? Do you want to, <laughs> you know, do you want to go? Up, do you want to be taken away by aliens? Like, what what's the big like? Uh, I, I, I think I already have been taken away, but um, no, I, you know, I think I kind of going back to originally moving to LA and and um, writing a movie. I think I would. That's that's on it. It's on my list. Mm. Um, I feel also one thing I would love to do, um, again, with some planning <laughs> is I would love to do some kind of stand up comedy. I, I'm a big fan of stand up and making people laugh. And, um, so that'd be something I'd like to see myself do down the road, you know, no pressure, just kind of just do it yeah. and cool. whatever. Cool. I, you know, I had a business coach once that made all of her clients take improv classes. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah, because, I mean, again, if you're in sales and marketing, you know you always got to be thinking on your feet or hosting yeah. anything. And just yeah. learning the skills to be funny on command and not feel right. yourself just let you, like, navigate all aspects of life. And I was that's like, great. that's fantastic. And I, I didn't stick with it long enough for me to take that class. But I was like, hey, that's great advice. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, maybe. <laughs> but, it's yeah, I do actually know a few friends that in the last few years have just done that, like, walked up, not even telling their friends, just like, Oh yeah, last week I did this thing. Like what? And just to to get over the the fear of doing it, or you know, right. always had desire but didn't want the spotlight at all. Um, to go and it's, and it's amazing to me, like speaking in public, and then you know, you know, death rates. They're right there next oh, to yeah. each other in people's minds, and it's. Yeah. It, I it took me a while, I think, to be kind of take the chances and speak in front of people, but I think it was also be able to make people laugh that kind of helped me to be more comfortable. Uh, yeah. Doing that, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. Even when I'm talking to people, when it's about you know suicide and depression, um, mm. I I bring a lot of humor to it because otherwise it's just no like, too heavy. Yeah. yeah. It's it's too much. Um, but well, that's it. Like uh, the I I went to Mount Wachusett for yeah. my my first attempt at college, and I I intentionally Me flunked too. out. I flunked out because I stopped going because they had a mandatory public speaking class in second. I'm like I didn't know that. Well, fuck that. I'm not. So I I I stopped going. I have a straight F report card saved somewhere um, because I was so that afraid of public. Andy, school. that's our other connection too. All right, I went to the Mount for that first year, and I the best way I could describe it, I go, this is like thirteenth grade. Yeah. This yeah. sucks. Yeah. And so I think that's why I was like, I want to go California. I want someplace warm. This doesn't. This there's more to this than yeah. this. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is. And, and again, just the, the low opinion I had of myself, the distorted view I had. Uh, I, I was halfway through senior year. I was ranked third in my class. Wow. And I was like, what? Like, what the fuck? And I, <laughs> like, I'm just a fucking idiot. I want, I'm like, so I, like, I tried to, I tried to not graduate. I like self-sabotage everything, but you know, I had college scholarships and stuff. And I was like, I, I was sure I was a fraud. I couldn't go. So I went to the Mount and flunked out. <laughs> but, but yeah, they all, they all make for great chapters in future books. Yes, they do. <laughs> So, so uh, to, to bring the ship into a close, yes. Um, what's the best way for people to find the podcast? Uh, the best way to find us is you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud. If you go to pod617.com uh, forward slash Monsterland, you can find all of our shows. We filmed the first season. Uh, we have those episodes on YouTube. You go to Monsterland TV. Um, but we have everything every Tuesday we come up with a new episode, uh, which again, iTunes, SoundCloud and, uh, Spotify. Cool. And do you have a site for yourself to keep, uh, tracking what you're up to? Yeah, I do. I have, it's uh, Ronnie LeBlanc. It's R O N N Y LeBlanc.com. And then I also have monsterland.media and we'll start having episodes of the podcast up there, oh, cool. um, and have different updates as well. Awesome. Um, so you've given some teases. We know the travel channel's coming. So yeah. if, uh, you know, if, if I could un unlock the big vial of ayahuasca that makes dream comes true, and then, like, <laughs> what, what's, uh, is, is there one kind of pie in the sky thing that you uh, would really love to see come out of what you're, you're doing with the paranormal? Yes. Uh, I mean, I really had a vision of seeing a Monsterland movie, you know, coming to at some point and that's kind of what I'm trying to focus on. But 
what's really close is seeing uh, Monsterland becoming a, a TV series where we're going to be going to different locations around the country and the world that are considered Monsterlands that have UFOs, Bigfoot orbs. And why is this happening? What are the connections? And kind of creating this little Monsterland matrix map and kind of going through these areas. So that's the, the goal, I think, would be fun to kind of do a little bit of a traveling, but also learning and, and meeting other people and help to kind of understand what's going on. Cool. Cool. Yeah. One of, um, one of my favorite trips, that I, a place that I went that I just thought it was just out of the real possibility was I went to Easter Island. Oh my god! Because gosh. as a kid, I wanted, I wanted those things to come out of the ground oh. and be monsters and, uh, you know, and, and I'm there and they're telling me, well, we believe this. I'm like, no, 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 shut up. I'm going, I'm sticking with aliens. Don't give, <laughs> don't give me your reasons and science. I'm here for the fun, you know? Oh, that's great. Oh, that's on my bucket list too. See, so right. I'm going to have to write that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So when, all right, when you need a crew, when you need a hand, let me know. We'll keep Please, that'd be amazing. Oh my God. Cool. And it, so is the Monsterland movie idea, would that be, be fiction, nonfiction? What, what? It, I think to make it really work, it would have to be fiction. I see it kind of a very Star's War, Star Wars kind of thing where you kind of show the interdimensional side and what's kind of going on, maybe from their point of view. Uh, so yeah, I see it being more of a fiction, a, a big movie could be fun. Cool. Cool. So I'm um, really psyched. We, we finally connected. We, same we, here, man. Yeah, we, we've been in the same like social media circles for a while, but we, we've yes. been like, talking. Um, and You're going to be on the Monsterland podcast yeah. this month in March, too. So that's going to be awesome. Do a yeah. reading in studio. Yeah, yeah. We'll fire it all up, man. Great. Uh, anything goes. But uh, I'm really excited for everything that's happening for you. And, Thanks, man. Uh, and again, that you're, that you're bringing kind of these subjects that were – you know, often ridiculed or ignored or people afraid to talk about and, and bring them out into the light of day and uh, yeah. help the people and being that student teacher. <laughs> Thank you, bro. All right, man. Uh, again, check out um, pod617 slash Monsterland, Monsterland TV on YouTube, RonnieLeBlanc.com, Monsterland Media. We'll have all those links and more on the show notes at realmenfield.org. And until next time, be good to yourself. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel.